Hey, this is Kiran Agrawal from the Sparkling Entrepreneur Show, and today we have Kena Wade Smith with us. Kena is the co-founder of 2021 Top 1% Real Estate Team at Reexp Realty Tennessee, the Smith Empire Group brokered by Reexp Realty, a well-regarded realtor and an industry leader with over five years of experience in real estate. Let's welcome our today's guest, Kena Wade Smith. Kena, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you, thank you so much. I, I'm glad to be here. Kena, let's begin with the first question. Tell us something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. So something interesting about me. Let's see here. That most people don't know would be that I love roller coasters. <laughs> okay. So why that kind of joy from roller coasters? Can we know a little bit about that experience? Why? Yes. Um. So growing up, I was like crazy scared of heights. I did not like, you know, being a pie or anything like that. So um, I inherently was scared of doing a, going on a roller coaster. So um, I didn't actually ride my first roller coaster until I was 23. My husband took me to um, Six Flags, which is in Georgia. And um, we went there for the first time. I rode my first roller coaster. He took me on the fastest one that they had. And I was hooked after that. So I love going to theme parks now. I love doing roller coasters. And that's, that's why, um, that's how I got started in the roller coasters, but it was just the thrill and, you know, the excitement of, you know, being on a ride going that fast for like less than a minute and you're done. But it was just a, a really good experience. And I conquered a fear by going on my first roller coaster and got hooked after that. Yeah, yeah. So the bigger point here is that you conquered a big fear, right? That was with right. you for 20, 23 years. So <laughs> congratulations on that. And uh, thank you so much for sharing about the roller coasters. Let's move on to the next question, which is about the entrepreneurial bug that you caught, right? How did you catch the entrepreneurial bug? So I've actually um, been kind of an entrepreneur since I was young, but um, I, I started off actually doing um, hair. So I started doing hair um, when I was probably around 12. And then from there, uh, my mom actually taught me how to braid and things like that. And so um, what I would do is I was actually braiding. I started off braiding family members hair. And then I also started um I also started doing my own hair. And so when people would see my hair and would see my family members hair, they would ask me to do their hair. And so I started, you know, doing other people and branching out from there, which um, I did start charging for it. So it started really young when I was 12. But um, as far as getting into real estate, um, I actually started um, real estate because I was actually working at a mortgage company where I was helping mortgage brokers get their businesses set up um, as far as um, how to get, how to establish their business, how to get um, funding for their business, how to um, and how to also get um, clients um, for, you know, coming into their business as well. And so um, I when I was doing that, I was like, hey, I can do this you know, for myself, I've always kind of been entrepreneurial as well. I can actually, you know, start my own business, but I wanted to be more in the field and not behind a desk. So I went into real estate instead of going into the mortgage size because I had already worked in the mortgage side. So that's what uh, kind of sparked it was it's just from my childhood. And then, you know, coming up from there, I, um, you know, I was already doing it at my corporate job. 
So I just branched out and started my own own thing. And uh, what I've noticed with most of the entrepreneurs is that they already have that entrepreneurial spirit right from the childhood. Most of them already have it. The people that don't pursue entrepreneurship, maybe as far as I know, don't have that entrepreneurial spirit because uh, the people who have entrepreneurial spirit always start early in some ways or the other. So uh, I guess you had it with you since a very long time. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. yeah, good to know about your story. And uh, now let's move on to the business side of it. Okay. Can you tell us okay. what do you think is the most important personality trait that one should have to succeed in, let's say, real estate or in business in general? In, let's see, in real estate in general, I think that to be um, resilient is um, a really good personality trait to have because there's going to be a lot of ups and downs being in um, being an entrepreneur for one, and then also being in real estate because the market shifts. So being resilient, um, having that resiliency will definitely help you, you know, help someone that would be in the industry to stand out um, and to to make it, you know, in the industry and to um, make it long term is um, because I see a lot of new um, agents getting into the business who once the market started shifting a little bit, they kind of fell off and they, um, you know, they gave up because it was just kind of too, too tough um, to make it through. But just having some um, resilient, being resilient is going to, you know, would take someone in this industry very far. Mm, so being resilient is something you admire in an entrepreneur or a real estate agent? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us about your business. Like, what are the strategies that you use to grow your business? What are the blueprints that you would like to leave for the young generation? Yeah, yeah. So um, as far as my business, um, I am actually around 99% referral based. And so I knew coming into real estate that I wanted to be more, uh, I wanted to be referral based. I did not desire to do cold calling. I did not desire to do door knocking. Um, a lot of the old school methods is what I call them. Um, I did not desire to do a lot of those methods. And so I did I did try them. So don't get me wrong there, but I, I tried those methods, but I just felt that they didn't work for me. Um, I wanted to build long-term relationships with my clients um, and I wanted to um, work with people that were closest to me, you know, starting off um, to make sure that I gave them the best of me um, as well, because I didn't want to leave them out. And so so um, the way that I started my business is when I first started, I called everyone I knew. Um, so everyone that I knew, um, whether or not they would be in the market to buy or sell a home, I still called them. I um, also let them know that I was in real estate. Um, most of them I was already in touch with anyway. And so, you know, it was real um, it was an easy transition, you know, when I um, did actually call them. So it wasn't like, you know, it'd been years or it had been, you know, a long time, decades since I had talked to them. So um, that really made the uh, transition pretty fairly easy um, as far as coming into real estate. And um, I also kept in contact with a lot of people that I used to work with at previous jobs. And so um, I would call, contact them, check in with them, see how they were doing, um, and see if they needed anything. Also let them know that I was in real estate and just 
overall staying in contact with people and building those building upon those relationships. Um, and then once we got to a point where either they needed my services or they didn't, um, by me staying top of mind, they would um, refer me out or when it was time for them to buy or sell a home, they would contact me as well. Understood. Understood. So you began with uh, the not exactly cold calling, but cold calling to the people you already know. So it's basically hot calling if I would. <laughs> so, yes, yes. so it was like hot calling. Yeah. <laughs> so building our relationships. Got it. Uh, so one question. Okay. One question. So this one is an important one and out of the question list that I sent you. So while building trust. Okay. While building trust with the people you already know. They already know that you are new to real estate. Is that correct? So yes. how did you how did you build that trust that they can trust you on on their biggest decision of life? So how did you make that happen? So the way that I made that happen was um, showing up for them. So say for instance, if I call someone and I ask them, you know, if they needed anything or if there was some information that I shared with them and I had like a follow up to that. I would make sure that I followed through with it. And that's one way that I built trust with them. Um, also, if there was any questions that they had or um, if there was any information that they needed that I didn't know at the time, I would get it for them. Um, so I would be very transparent with them and let them know like, hey, that's a really good question. Let me reach out um, to you know my mentor or someone else you know, to to gather the information for you and I'll get it back to you. Um, they really respected and trusted that. They knew that I was new in the industry and that I did have a background in mortgages. So that established some level of trust um, on the on the front end. And then, um, you know, knowing that I, just knowing me personally and knowing how I operate, um, you know, in previous ventures that I've had or um, just in previous interactions that I've had with them, I was able to build upon that trust. But um, it was really, you know, starting off um, in order to build that trust, like with someone, if it was with someone that I didn't know, um, following through with what I was saying that I was going to do is really big um, on maintaining that trust and building the trust um, with with people um, in general. Yes, that that's really important for the young people to listen because the audience that I have is Gen Z, some of them, right? And uh, while they're beginning, they must know all this, right? Building on relationships and uh, how to make how to generate trust. So thank you for that answer. With that said, let's move on to the next question. Can you tell us what are the most common difficulties, Kenna, that you're facing as a realtor right now? Um, the most common difficulties right now, difficulties right now, um, you know, in Tennessee, is um, we are just having a um, our market is very um, expensive. Um, so what that means is for most people that are coming into home ownership, um, which are between that age range of maybe mid twenties up into the 30, 30s age range. Um, they're finding it a little difficult to um, be able to afford homes in this um, in in this type of market. So we're having to, you know, come up with some creative strategies in order to get them into homes and also to, um, you know, get them what they want. And so that looks like, you know, maybe um, they need to have a co-signer or something like that, or they may need to save a little bit more in order to have um, in order to 
in order to afford what they want. And so um, that's just, you know, one of the difficulties that I've, that I've been seeing is just, um, you know, getting the the age group that is coming into home ownership right now into homes um, and also the inventory, um, not having um, as many desirable homes as we would like to have. Um, and also just dealing with some of the fears around what's going on um, in the world when it comes to um, selling a home um, or when it comes to what's going on with our interest rates. Those are some things that are going on that um, people are hearing, like on the news, they're hearing, oh, interest rates have skyrocketed, which that means if um, interest rates have gone up, it makes um, borrowing money to purchase a home more expensive. So it lowers your buying power if the interest rates are higher. So, um, you know, what that means is that a lot of sellers are like, well, homeowners, current homeowners, they don't really want to make a move just yet because they already have maybe a lower interest rate or a lower payment and they don't want to pay more if they if they move or if they leave. So um, those are just some of the things that we're experiencing right now or that I'm experiencing right now, um, you know, in my current area, in my current market. So um, I've started to branch out into other states as well so that I can start to um, meet the needs of the, the people that I service. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, got it, got it. And with that said, if you can tell us what are the ways, like as you already mentioned that branching out is one of the way of solving this problem, right? What other ways are you using and what is the growth plan for this year? Um, as far as um, any, anything else that I'm using right now, um, as far as to solve this issue that we have going on with the lower lower inventory is um, just getting out more and speaking to um, people because I've noticed that um, some um, homeowners, if they've been in their homes for a long time, they're just not really, um, they're just not really sure of what's going on in in the market. And they may not know that they need to move yet, or they may not know how to do it or that they can do it. And so um, getting out and speaking to more people about, you know, what their options are in terms of, you know, some people are outgrowing their their homes and and they just don't know that they can sell it and move to another home. Um, Same thing with some people are um, in a larger home and they may need to downsize, but they just don't know that it's an option that they can sell their home, um, they can sell their home and move into another home. So that leaves, uh, when they leave their home, that is a um, a home that's going to be available for someone else that might be a first-time home buyer or something um, to that nature. So just talking to more people and doing more education-wise as far as, you know, what, what the possibilities are and, um, you know, just in empowering the uh, younger generation to um, make that move into home ownership. So that way they can start, you know, the cycle and the journey for themselves as well. So spreading information is something that you believe in, right? Spreading yes. information. Okay. Yes. So since most of the home buying and selling process has started online, people are visiting Zillow for real estate agents. They're going on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. So what are the ways that you are using right now to grow your business at least online 
So online, I, I'm primarily on Facebook. I am, um, I'm on Instagram as well, but I'm primarily on Facebook. So um, I do a lot of engagement on Facebook with um, my audience, with like my friends or the people that are um, in my, um, my, my client avatar, so to speak. Uh, so I do a lot of um, interaction with them online. Um, and then I also um, post information. Um, so I, I, firmly believe in, you know, education. That's like my biggest, biggest thing when it comes to um, real estate is just educating the, um, the masses when it comes to, you know, what you can do with real estate, how to get into real estate, um, the different um, things that you need in order to um, purchase a home or to sell a home. So I um, hit heavy on that. Um, when it comes to, you know, posts, I do um, live videos, I do reels, um, we're also getting, um, let's see here, we're also doing a few ads. Um, I just really started getting into ads as far as, um, you know, promoting myself that way. But for the past five years, I haven't really done many ads. However, um, I have, I've only done them if I have like a property up for sale or something like that, um, is when I actually have done some ads. But other than that, um, as far as self-promotion is mostly ran through Facebook. Um, and then I also have a website, which, um, I send people to in order to search for homes and, um, they, they sign up for my email list and they get emails from us. And, um, we try to keep them on our website as much as possible instead of going out to like Zillow or, realtor.com or the different um, other websites that you can browse on. Um, I, we try to keep them on our website as much as possible, only because our site is going to be the most up-to-date and um, have the, the best, uh, most accurate information. So um, yeah, that's how I'm showing up online right now. Of course, we'll be, um, you know, trying to have a, a bigger online presence um, because, yeah, we do recognize that that is the first place where most people start their, their um, shopping online. Yeah, yeah, understood, understood. So you're already into it. With the time, you want to eventually grow it and uh, that that all will happen with the time, right? Like uh, right. one foot at a time. Yep, one foot at a time, absolutely. <laughs> so next question. Now let's say you had... $10,000 extra on your budget today. Okay. How would you like to spend it and why? So if I had 10,000 extra, let's see here. I would actually host a, an event. That's what I would do. If I had 10,000 extra, um, I would host a client appreciation event um, is what I would do with that. And I would invite everyone, um, all of my past clients, all of my current clients, um, I would also invite my um, my mentees and I would also um, invite, you know, any I would invite my business partners and then I would also tell them to invite their people as well um, as far as, you know, their past clients or their current clients and um, the people that they work with. So I would have just a large a client appreciation event um, because I feel like um, I feel I believe that when when you're in front of people and you're talking to people in person that that has a, a greater you know impact um, when you're able to you know have those conversations and those interactions and you're able to put an actual person with the name and you're able to see how they um, you know how people are um, interacting with each other and things like that. And um, I just, I'm, I'm better in person. 
Um, so I, I mean, I'm okay with the online and the virtual world as well, but I like to have that in-person interaction. So that's what I would do. Um, have a client appreciation event. I would have a um, sign-in sheet um, or actually when they sign up for the event, um, of course, I would I have all of their, their emails and things like that. So that way we can follow up with them. I would call everyone that attended the event afterwards to check in with them, see if there's anything that they wanted and also ask for a referral. So that's how I would use the budget. Mm. So you have a smart idea of using that budget. I totally got the idea and uh, sometime in my, uh, sometime on the way in my business i would be using this one so <laughs> at least it helped me i hope it helps the audience too with that said uh, let's move on to the next question can i tell us about your favorite quotation so my favorite quotation is actually can i do two <laughs> yeah, please do please so I have two. Um, my favorite, my um, first favorite one is by Jim Rohn. And it's, um, if you don't like how things are, change it. So that was one of my favorite ones. And the other one is actually from a book um, called The Four Agreements. And it's nothing others do is because of you. Nothing others do is because of you. Yes. So uh, I don't understand it completely because let's say uh, I'm not giving any examples or anything. Please explain it to me. Uh, nothing. Yeah, yeah. So um, in the four agreements on that book, there's actually a um, there's so there's four agreements. And on one of the agreements, it talks about don't take anything personally. So um, that is one of the agreements. And um, a part of that is. Um, understanding that nothing that other people do is directly because of you. It's because of their own, it's actually a reflection of their own reality. So whatever that person might be going through at the time, that's the reason why they're doing the things that they're doing. It's not directly because of something you did or something you said. It's a reflection of their own reality. Yeah, yeah. So the reflection of their own reality is the part that is the part to understand. People are doing things only because that is the reflection of their own reality. So I understand yeah. it now. So two quotes, very good. <laughs> nice ones. <laughs> okay. Can I, now let's say if you were to write a book about yourself, okay, about the story of your life and uh, about your ambitions, about your goals, about uh, what made you who you are today. So what would be the name of the book? Let's see here. What would I name that book? I would name it, if I had a book, I would call it The Journey to Becoming. The Journey to Becoming. I get a lot of great book ideas from you, you know, <laughs> and this one is one of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so great name, great name. So with that said, can you please tell us where can the listeners find you, Kenna? Are you available online? As you said that you are available on Facebook. Please tell us about your Facebook, Instagram handles and all. Yes, yes, absolutely. So my Facebook is Kina Wade Smith. It's just Kina Wade, W-A-D hyphen Smith. And um, that's how you can find me on Facebook. Um, you can follow me there. And also um, you can find me on Instagram at Kina W. Smith. And for our website, it is thesmithempiregroup.com. That's our website. So do follow her, guys. She's a wonderful person. And with that said, thank you so much, Kenna, for being on the show. It was an honor to have you on the show today. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much again. I am your host Kiran Agrawal signing off. You guys have a wonderful day. Bye guys.